Life's Third Act is a podcast dedicated to helping you get the most out of your retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, attorney CPA Joe Cordell features guests each week to discuss prominent topics for those over 55. Here's attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Welcome to another episode of Life's Third Act. You're going to find today interesting, uh, even if you're not interested in estate planning. Uh, but in fact, there will, this will be an opportunity to be entertained, uh, to also learn a lot of practical information about estate planning. And there's no better way to learn than from mistakes and better the mistakes of others than your own. So with that in mind, we're undertaking the, a discussion about the Elvis Presley estate. Now, we've done a show on this before because it's been in the news a lot, but we haven't done a show since Lisa Marie's death. So we want to be able to let you kind of trace this this progress. This is my Belgian Malinois here. Uh, we want to be able, we want you to be able to trace this progress of events all the way up to the present. So it does require that we go back in time and we talk about the events from the time of Elvis's death up to the present. But it's fascinating because there are a lot of opportunities to learn here. And Marley, our our contributor to the show, and uh, the the source of the of most of this information we're going to talk about today, she's researched it, and it does involve a number of legal issues, and some of which there's some information we don't know, and we don't know because of one of the virtues of trust. You know, we've talked about the many reasons to have a trust. Well, one of those is you have privacy. Well, this is a good example. There's nobody more public than than Elvis Presley and his progeny, but in spite of that. There's lots of details we don't know about this trust. We know things that have been reported in court documents, in lawsuits. That that's one way you may disclose some things of your trust. But absent, you know, that sort of public forum, uh, you're not going to see a disclosure of anything that you don't want to be disclosed when you do your estate planning with a focus on your trust and not your will. So no better example than here. There's lots of information we can't get, and that's even with the parties involved disclosing a lot of it. So we do know uh, much more than you'd know about, you know, any any less famous person's trust. But but I just giving you a heads up that there are some links in here that that we can't we can't fill those spaces. So we put together what information we can. Let's start with um, kind of a historical chronology. So Elvis died. Uh, 77? 77, I believe that's right. Yeah, yes. and so Elvis dies. At the time, his daughter is, I think, nine. She's nine. Nine years old. So Elvis, in doing his estate planning, for reasons we don't understand, uh, he didn't have a provision for the money to be held in trust for his daughter as she got older. So as we talked in a show a year or two ago when we discussed some of the mistakes that were made in his estate planning, we talked primarily about the notion that he was leaving a whole lot of money to a child that at age 25, the way this was written, at age 25 would be released to her. In other words, she could become her own trustee, that she could just take the money and and go and do with it what she wanted. And uh, that's something that if Elvis could have known, perhaps he figured he would. There's no way he would die as young as he did. And that is unusual. He's in his 40s, mm-hmm. so um, she ends up 
going through a lot of the money. But but before we talk about what, what she did, we really have to give some credit here, I think, to Priscilla. Strong roots are essential for a healthy tree, especially your family tree. That's why you work hard to take care of your family every day. At Tucker Allen, we know that taking care of your family means planning for the future. Our team provides personalized estate planning to help you protect your family, your legacy, and your future. From wills and trusts to long-term care and estate planning. Count on Tucker Allen. Personalized estate planning made simple. So what did you find out about Priscilla from the time that Elvis died? Yeah, so when Elvis died, um, obviously everything was put into that trust and Lisa Marie, his daughter, wouldn't get it until she was 25. But um, what we found out that was that the trust was actually left in a bit of debt because, you know, Elvis was a big spender. He was. Um, He had lots of money to spend, but he probably didn't pay much attention to it. And the colonel was taking a lot of it. Yes, yeah. Um, So whenever he died, it was left in debt and Priscilla was actually credited with pulling it out of that debt. She took over Graceland. She... Um, executed EPE, Elvis um, Presley Enterprises, and she made a lot off of Graceland, making it a tourist attraction. They pull in now about $10 million a year, and yeah. um, she, she pulled that whole trust out of debt for her daughter. And, you know, there was no precedent for that at the time. If you think about the value of famous people's estates when they die— and, and go with musicians. And there have been, of course, rich and famous musicians. But no one had seen a phenomenon where you end up with an, with an industry that follows for decades and continues as we speak of that sort of interest in somebody who's gone. There wasn't really a precedent for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can think of famous people who their estates continued to be popular in some way. So I'm sure there's money made, for example, uh, Hank Williams mm-hmm. uh, was was an example of that. Uh, Buddy Holly died young, but there's still, there's nothing like uh, Elvis Presley phenomenon. So the idea that, that, that his estate, which as you described in direct monetary terms, was not worth that much at his death. Yeah, there was not a whole bunch of liquid cash flow. Um, it was all tied up in a lot, and I just don't think that anybody expected it to be that way. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think that no one could foresee Elvis's drawing power over decades. Mm. So he wasn't somebody that faded, really. Um, I'm sure he will, but there's not much sign of it now. Uh, even here we are in the 21st, second decade, third decade of the <laughs> of the 21st century. So I think that, that part of the problem was no one foresaw the magnitude. But Priscilla, to her credit, uh, she rolled up her sleeves. She brought in, there was someone else that she brought in to work with as, as trustee, a co-trustee. And, um, and, and she managed to have that estate worth $100 million. Yeah, by the and, time Lisa inherited it. Yeah, and that was 93. Mm-hmm. So, so Lisa, imagine Lisa's twenty-five years old. She's getting something worth a hundred million dollars. Um, yeah, she wasn't Taylor Swift. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> I, I would I would entrust a hundred million bucks to Taylor Swift when she was eighteen. But, but this, um, she made a lot of bad decisions. She had several marriages. Michael Jackson was one, wasn't he? Yeah, that's correct. Michael Jackson was one. I can't remember the name of her other husband, but um, when they split up in 2004 was when she sold part of the estate. 
Okay, so this is an important <laughs> point. Um, so Lisa had gone through a lot of money, and you know she was ha- living the good life, and she reaches a point where the money's getting tight, and this became the subject of a lawsuit that's going to come later. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But apparently the value of the estate, there was a cash crunch more than anything else, right? That's correct. They needed available liquidity. So the financial planner at the time, um, and now remember, we should make a note here. Um, Lisa Marie, though she had complete access to the money, she did create a trust. It's called the Promenade Trust. And she created that in 93 when she got the money. Well, don't confuse this as a constraint on her ability to spend the money. I mean, she created a trust, I'm sure, at the time that that she was told she was going to get this money. You know, the lawyer said to her, look, you've got to set up a trust. I'm sure they gave her good reasons for that. She did, to her credit. She sets up the trust. It's called Promenade Trust. But this trust is not a constraint on her. Mm -hmm. She's the grantor of the trust, the creator. And the, the money did, and the assets did go into that trust at that time, which provided various, you know, tax and perhaps asset protection provisions. But anyway, so Lisa goes on. She's spending money. The trust is still in existence, but no longer constrained. And she comes to a point where cash flows tight. And who was who is the person that that was managing her, or that she had as a financial advisor. Yeah, so in 2003, she hired Barry Seigel, I believe. I don't want to say he was, like, specifically her financial advisor. He was kind of like a manager of the estates, but I think she trusted him enough to take advice from him um, because when she also created that trust, her mom stepped out, Priscilla stepped out of um, owning Graceland, and she became the sole owner of it. So I think she was probably just, you know, looking for somebody with it. Advice, and she didn't want to take it from her mom because she's, mm-hmm. you know, 25, 26, 27. Nobody right. listens to their mom then, especially when it comes to money. So I think mm-hmm. that was her doing all of that. So so she did, I mean, she did make some good decisions. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think that they were well-intentioned, but I yeah. I don't think that they worked out the way that she thought they would. No, no. Uh, but but it is it is good that I'm sure those around her said you need a, somebody to, to a business manager mm-hmm. to manage the assets. So she chooses this guy, Siegel. Um, so if we fast forward to 2004, was it? 2004, that's correct. And so at this time, Barry comes to her, Siegel, the guy managing the assets, he comes to her and says, you know, we have cash flow issues. I think that he later said that she had bought a jet and she had done other things that, you know, when we were 25, maybe we'd have done that if we had that much money. So he suggests she sell 85% of the trust interest in what's called EPE. It's That's what you see the way it's reported in the court documents. And that's Elvis Presley Enterprises. We don't know the details of everything that was included in that. We know it did not include everything. We know it didn't include Graceland. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there's money coming from other sources that were not part of Elvis Presley Enterprises. So I can't tell you, we can't tell you exactly what what is in that box. Uh, but it was a lot of assets, and it was worth $100 million at the time. So, um, so 85% of it was sold then. Well, the reason I, we're focusing, pausing on this for a minute is that this was at the advice of Siegel. Uh, so later, 
in 2018, right? There was a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, uh, what is it? Uh, Mar- Marie uh, has some children. Lisa Marie has yes. some children. How many? Riley Keough and Benjamin Keough, so two. Not sure on how far apart they were, but Benjamin did actually die in 2020. Okay, and then later there came some twins. Yes, that's correct. They're 14 now. So one thing to note is that um, there were a total of four kids, one of which died. That was Benjamin. So we have four, two 14-year-old twins, and then we have this child, Riley, that is an adult and capable of managing an estate, we'll mm-hmm. assume, legally, certainly. Mm-hmm. And Harper and Finley Lockwood were the twins' names. Okay, Harper and Finley. So so Lisa Marie uh, probably settled down some in terms of her expenditures, but maybe not a whole lot because we know that when this lawsuit was filed in 2018, we know that her pleadings were that she owed $500,000 in debt, as I recall, and she had this weren't in your notes. I read elsewhere that she claimed to have less than $100,000. Yeah, I did see that somewhere. But um, yeah, that was, it was just going downhill. It's hard quickly. to imagine. But but remember, 85% of Elvis Presley Enterprises have been sold in 2004. So she files a lawsuit. And this is in 2018, Lisa Marie files this lawsuit against Barry Siegel. She alleges that he gave her bad advice, that he's responsible for the situation that she's in, um, that that specifically he should not have suggested the sale of that entity. I'm sure it's worth far more today, that 85%, than, than uh, it was worth at the time. So it probably wasn't a good decision in retrospect, but in fairness, uh, people didn't have a crystal ball. Siegel, in his reply and countersuit, um, he alleged some you know irresponsibility on her part, various things that that made her made her look pretty irresponsible in terms of the lifestyle. So before this ever goes to trial, this case is somehow settled or dismissed. It's not clear who paid who. I think it was kind of just them going at each other. I know in Lisa Marie's lawsuit also, she alleged that um, Barry was paying her mom, Priscilla, a salary, even when she wasn't part of EPE anymore or Graceland. So I'm sure it got all settled between the three of them Mm -hmm. um, and just nothing ever really came from it. Yeah. Well... You know, I, I'd like to think that mom and daughter had a good relationship. Me but, too. And I think but, that they may have. They probably just had some issues with the financial stuff. And I think at this point in these lawsuits also, which I think is why they got dropped, is there wasn't a bunch of evidence for anything. So she might have just been saying things at that point because she was upset and frustrated with Barry. Yeah, and uh, we can't fully explain either how the value of the estate declined so much and then sprang back because as we go forward now, so this this lawsuit is dismissed. So we're going to go forward to the to the time of of Lisa Marie's death. She was age fifty four. Uh, she died this year. What uh, in January? In January. So. This estate at the, at the the trust assets will say was worth around. 400 to 500 million is mm-hmm. estimates. We, I don't think anybody knows for sure because they don't know the details of the contents of the trust, but it's worth a ton of money. 
and and one one way to explain part of that is remember Graceland was not part of Elvis Presley Enterprises, mm-hmm. so that's we have so, a report that shows that it throws off ten million a year. a year, and if that's net, then that means that asset could very well be worth. 200 million if a 5% rate of return, pretty steady, reliable return. So you may have 200 million there. And you mentioned there was a move that this movie could have generated a ton of money. Yeah. So there was the Elvis movie with Austin Butler. I'm not sure if we're all familiar with him, but he came from Disney. Um, It was actually released in 2022. And um, he actually won an award for it right before she passed. But I know that they um, still held the rights to Elvis Presley's name. And so they probably made a lot off of that. And also there's a Priscilla movie coming out. Um, believe it's sometime this year so i'm sure that priscilla could have sold the rights to her name and placed some of it back into the trust um and anything like that could have happened okay so so the good news is that according to these pleadings in 2018 the value of the assets of this this trust remember that lisa marie created she created a trust when she got the money in 93 those assets sprang to that's incredible rate of return but it go if those pleadings were correct um, she still owned at the time Graceland. So the the pleadings may have understated her assets at the time. Uh, but but it clearly was in the interest, I think, of both sides to dispose of this trust. Maybe Siegel didn't give her the best advice at times, but clearly Lisa Marie wasn't doing anything to contribute to the value of this trust. Now, you know, it's true she's not supposed to be the expert on what to invest in. That's what she paid Siegel for. But on the other hand, he can't prevent her from squandering uh, the principal and, and the various assets. So uh, who knows? But at least that was dismissed. So we come to the point where uh, there's an estate in January. Lisa Marie is gone. She's left behind these three children we mentioned, one, Riley, who's an adult, and then these twins who are age 14. Mm-hmm. Harper and Finley. Harper and Finley. And um, – Priscilla's still living. Priscilla's still alive. And she's held? She's 78. 78. I guess she didn't think she would outlive no, I Elvis as so well as. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but the good news is that there is money that can be distributed. But what, what created a lot of complication early on in this estate was apparently unbeknownst to many was an amendment to the trust. They called it a restatement of the trust. Occurred in 2016. Now Lisa Marie did this. She, we don't know the details of whether a lawyer was involved. We can say this. We can say that there were no witnesses to the signatures on this document, nor was it notarized. Mm-hmm. This raises some red flags. So the changes to it, tell us what the changes were. Yeah, so the changes were that um, she wanted Priscilla Presley and Barry Siegel um, removed as co-trustees, and then she wanted to go ahead and replace them with both of her children, Riley and Benjamin. What's interesting, though, is that they made it that far as the trustees of this trust. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, I'm repeating this because I want this to be clear. Lisa Marie was not subject to their control because Lisa Marie created this new trust. Uh, and it was a good idea to do that for lots of reasons. But it but it didn't produce any control to her. But Lisa Marie, among other things, chooses her her trustees. Mm-hmm. And and she uh, had at that up to 2016. And this is 
impressive to me. She continued to have the same people involved in managing the trust that she had created. But she had this amendment that would, I guess, did not take effect until her death. So they continue. Now, Siegel, we know, would have been gone. Yeah, that's correct. In 18. Because when the lawsuit came, we can be sure he was gone. Um, But this restatement was not delivered to the current trustees. And that's one of the conditions of the trust. Normally, trust law would not require that delivery in order for it to be valid. Um, But in this case, the trust required it, and no one... In 2016, when this document was created, it, they, they should have hand-delivered this document showing a change of authority, and that, assu- that authority should have passed mm-hmm. from them to Riley and Benjamin. Remember, Benjamin was living at the time, and he would be an adult at the time, Riley's brother, and then Riley. So they would have assumed control. Apparently, we can be sure in 18, Siegel's gone, um, if not sooner. Uh, but Lisa... Uh, or uh, Priscilla is apparently still hanging around. Yeah, right? and that's why, like you said, I think they had a good relationship because I just can't imagine her making that amendment. And then I know she was probably thinking of the lawsuit at the time, but mm-hmm. I feel like there was a reason that it never got sent or delivered yeah. to the current trustees. I, I, you're right. I mm-hmm. think I think that says something. That's the reason the law is what it is. That. A lot of things do require delivery because that's the expression, the real expression of intent, not to prepare a letter, for example, and stick it in a drawer. Yes. Um, So this is a little similar. So in this case, because it wasn't delivered and because of these these very questionable signatures, uh, it could have been that just a lawyer wasn't involved and that there wasn't any fraud. But remember, Lisa Marie's gone now. So... You know, this is this is being looked at after she's dead. So courts tend to be suspicious of such things. Um, and it supposedly was drafted in 16. And, and meanwhile, we assume Priscilla continued to have a role in the trust. So the court looks at it and says this 2016 amendment is not going to be valid. Um, so that would mean that that Priscilla and Barry will assume was clearly kicked out with a lawsuit. Uh, but we assume Priscilla would be the presumptive trustee at that point because you don't have to change trustees whenever uh, Lisa Marie died. If Lisa Marie was not listed as a trustee and she wouldn't have to be, and I assume she wasn't, uh, then that means that that the, the, there's no probate that takes place within a trust. You think whenever somebody dies, whoever's in charge, there has to be, you know, some either a change of guard or mm-hmm. just some formal. Authority that that person continues on some formal grant of authority, which is the way probate works, but but that's not the way trust works. So the trust would just go humming on down the road unless somebody brings an action to change something. Well, this is that's what happened. So apparently the children, Riley among them, felt that they should have that that she should be in this position. I'm sure uh, Priscilla and her lawyers. You know, nobody has to be greedy in this picture. It's not, I'm not sure this is about money, um, but certainly we can understand Riley's concern. Uh, and she's also representing kind of these, the, the two 14 year olds. But this is only about control, not about who, who gets this money. So let me be clear when we're talking about trustee, and Priscilla says, look, this is not a valid change. I would still be the trustee. That's not about Priscilla saying, I get this money. 
no, clearly the money was for the two children and and uh, the two 14-year-old twins as well as Raleigh. We, I guess we can complicate this by, well, here's the way we'll do it. So this is resolved, this conflict. And I'll let you state kind of the way this was resolved. Yeah. So what actually happened was um, Priscilla did take it to a judge and ask her, uh, excuse me, and ask them to confirm that, um, you know, this is invalid um, and we need to move on from there. And um, but in May of 2023, she actually said that the legal dispute was completely over and that they had settled it out of court. And then Riley was going to take um, full control of the trust and the um, two 14 year olds were also going to have access to that money as well. Um, so they did settle it out of court. Uh, there wasn't much detail on that, probably obviously because it was a family matter, but I'm sure that Riley um, in her head was like, hey, I'm an adult. I know you're my grandmother, but it's, you know, it's time you give up control because yeah. we, we can do it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and there was this other child that I didn't know existed or a sibling of Lisa Marie. Yes, that's correct. Um, his name is Naravone um, Garcia, and it's actually one of um, Priscilla's sons, and it's a half-brother of Lisa Marie. And he is also included in that trust. Um, and Lisa, or excuse me, um, Priscilla is actually the um, trustee for the one-ninth Subtrust. Subtrust. Yes. So now, and you can do that with trust. You can create subtrust. You can divide it into portions. And um, it, 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 this was a nice settlement. I'm sure Lisa was was maybe, not Lisa, but Priscilla was more concerned maybe about this child, this, this child of hers, which like Lisa Marie, she's going to be concerned about. I didn't know anything about this other child till recently. Mm-hmm. I didn't either until I did the research. And that would, it made a lot of sense to me as to why Priscilla still wanted to be involved in the trust, especially if he was named in it. And and of course, it wasn't Elvis's son. Uh, so Lisa Marie um, apparently ha- made some provision uh, for her half brother. That's a good thing. And it kind of makes sense that that the way this settlement was negotiated was that Priscilla will continue to manage that one ninth share of this total. So one ninth of four hundred four hundred to five hundred million, and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, it that's a good thing that that she does. She's the one in charge of that, and I'm sure she'll steward it well. She certainly stewarded the estate well when before Lisa Marie became age twenty five. So this was a bit of a happy end, but yet uh, you look at at the whole history of this and you think, what are the opportunities to have done this better? And I think there are several. One we've already mentioned, it bears repeating, is is that you know when you do your estate planning, you don't have to be worth what Elvis Presley's worth. You don't even have to be a millionaire to know that, say it's 200,000 bucks you're talking about, to simply think that your child, as many clients do, they think, well, okay, I know not to give it to them at age 18. I know better than that. Instantly, that, that's what your your will will do. If you if your will would automatically do that if you didn't state an age, or if you die without a will and it's in intestate succession, there's going to be no protections at all. The moment that person is a legal adult, they get the assets. That's intestate succession where you don't have a will or anything. But anyway, when when people have a trust, even they 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 think, okay, I'm being very mindful of the future. We hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say my son or daughter will not get it until they're age 30, um, or I'm going to do it in three steps: age 25, 30, and 35. And I used to, I'll confess, 
I used to suggest to clients that as a reasonable plan as a young man. When I was doing estate planning and I was, you know, back in, say, 1990 or 89, or I, I, I thought that that made sense. But through age and experience, I can tell you that I know now that you can do it much better. Um, and it doesn't make sense because so your child's 35 and you give them this money. You know, the probability of something like lawsuits does not go down when you get older. As a matter of fact, they go up because you have more assets and your life is more complex. Your business relationships are more complex. If you've gone to medical school, about age 35, you're finishing up your maybe not residency or fellowship, and then you're starting to earn real money. So those risks are there for lawsuits and liability. Um, and then the, the, the issue of a divorce, the probability of a divorce does not go down from age 35 up. Um, granted, a lot of people get divorces when they're real young, but but that that's relatively harmless because you're broke. Uh, so so you know, for, at, at, as ugly divorces go, except for children, except for children, you know, there, there's not a lot of assets to argue about when people get divorced when they're real young. But when people have been together for a while, the magnitude goes way up, uh, and and the risk, and and that's the very point when a lot of people are thinking, oh, my my son or daughter has good judgment, I'll give it to them at age 30 or 35. So my argument is there's no reason that you have to have a point where you dump it in their lap. Instead, give it all this wonderful protection, this iron safe that you can you can place it in legally, and they can still have the sort of access you want to give them in practical terms. You leave instructions to their trustee that, that are as liberal as you want them to be or as conservative as you want them to be. And, and so you have the best of all worlds for your children. They have all this protection from uh, many of the risks that exist in the world out there. And in this case, you know, obviously, Lisa Marie would have been better off. But apart from that, I mean, there's, there are other things to think about here. In this case, you know, we had a trust that was created, and we had people in charge where it could have been made an irrevocable trust, even at that point, if somebody could have prevailed upon Lisa Marie. And that's maybe asking a lot of a 25-year-old looking at a lot of money. But, you know, that, that same 25-year-old might have thought, well, if proposed to her, look, why don't you agree to put this in a different trust from what she did, but an irrevocable trust that would restrict her rights to it? I mean, you could have created that trust at the time in the right jurisdiction, et cetera. Some states have are more friendly to those sort of self-protective trust um, than others, but she could have done it. And I think if if Priscilla or her lawyers had said to her, look, you don't need $100 million. Why don't we give you $20 million that goes into this trust? You'll have use to it as you choose. And let's take this 80 and put it outside your reach. But with that comes some protections of your money, meaning that it's not just you we're concerned about, it's other people and risks around you, your money will be protected. I wonder if that could have been sold to her. Yeah, I I bet it could have. And then this kind of leads me to a question too. So I know that in everything, Lisa Marie inherited Graceland. What would that kind of look like? Say we're stepping out of, you know, a tourist attraction being passed down. But if it was, you know, a ranch or some type of property that made money, what would your recommendations for that be on passing that down? Because obviously you don't want to give them, you know, money when they're 25, but when they turn 18, they might get that land. And what, what would you kind of suggest on all of that? Yeah, that can, um, that it's complicated when you have really something that is almost as much a business Mm -hmm. as it is simply an asset. 
and when you have businesses such as farms or other enterprises, then often it makes sense to sell them, but sell them through the trust. Mm-hmm. Um, it to leave a child a going concern like that is an invitation to disaster. And you end up having it diminish dramatically in value. You see this all the time in typical businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious about that because obviously Priscilla took it and, you know, made it what it is today. But that's kind of scary passing that off in the trust once Lisa Marie turns 25 because it could have gone all downhill. Luckily, it didn't because she had the enterprises. But that could have just been disastrous. It could have been. And, you know, we can imagine worlds where... You know, it wasn't developed the way it was, Mm -hmm. meaning that Priscilla had the initiative, she had the focus, she had the experts that were able to build this this massive industry called Elvis Presley. (laughs) And and that wasn't that wasn't inevitable. They had to bring a lot of lawsuits to to vigorously enforce anybody who who crossed the line in terms of using his image or likeness. Mm Um, any films related to him, videos, music, all that stuff. And they patrolled that, let me tell you, with with armed guards. (laughs) There were a lot of lawsuits and threatening letters. Anybody knows out there that's thinking about using Elvis Presley in the business world, they know that that they will will be sued Mm -hmm. and they'll be pursued. Um, And it's very expensive. So she set a mark that she was going to defend that brand, and she did. And, and I'm, I think she should be credited to a great extent with its success. Oh, absolutely. So you're right. I mean, it could have gone the other way. Um, and, and this really does raise a more general point about selecting a trustee for your child. Let's say that, that you listen to what I'm suggesting here and that, and that you, put, you put somebody in charge. It is important to choose the right people. And, and there's something to be said for institutional trustees. Now, if it's a going concern business, those are all kind of one-offs, meaning there is no single plan. You've got to find somebody who knows that business, often somebody who's in the business, and give them more power and authority, promote them up, pay them more. Um, so it's hard for me to give advice when it's when it's related to an, um, a going concern because those solutions are going to all be tailor-made. But, and incidentally, one way to get out of that hole is to sell the business. And often there's, there are plans in estates where stockholders, you know, will buy each other out. That's a very common provision. So um, there's also key man insurance and other things. Uh, so let's assume, though, that you either have that and you want to reduce it to more of a, of a passive business, a passive income, or maybe the assets are passive, meaning stocks, bonds, maybe real estate that don't require active management Mm -hmm. the way a farm would. So in that case, institutional trustees are really good. If you look, if you imagine this having been written differently with, you know, a major bank, Chase Manhattan or some other bank that has a trust department with lots of insurance, meaning if they screw something up, you definitely have somebody to sue with a deep pocket. That that's important. But but you just have that that professionalism where they're determined to dot I's and cross T's and and do things correctly. I think Lisa Marie's entrepreneurship was necessary for those first what from age uh, uh, Lisa Marie being age eleven to twenty five. Mm-hmm. I think during that period of time, her entrepreneurship was essential. Yes. So we'll we'll assume that 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 our client situations might be different 
and and in that case, what what it's not right for everybody. You may have a brother-in-law or a sister-in-law or somebody who is an accountant and or who has just good management judgment uh, that you might entrust with this role. But uh, but depending on how much money you're talking about. It, it may make sense to to think about an institutional trustee. It's not a cold alternative as some people think it is. They perceive it as being very impersonal. Uh, but believe it or not, these trust departments can be very personalized. It's almost like a concierge service. <laughs> it depends on the amount of money and how much you're wanting to pay because you know it can be anywhere from less than 1% is, is your cost of having that sort of care, expertise, all that, protection, to as much as a couple of percentage points maybe sometimes just a little bit more. But remember what you're getting, what you're paying for when you do that. Uh, so I see so many ways that that this could have been a smoother ride, but in a way it still has a happy ending because it's not all gone. There's still a lot of money there. Mm-hmm. I think in pl- this trust that will be in place now will be better. Of course, we've not read it, <laughs> but, but I suspect it's going to be better. Um, there were, you know, we know that Lisa Marie had the benefit of her experience and hopefully she learned from that in terms of this trust. So that, that, that that's an important issue. Another thing we, I would mention as we wrap up here is uh, when you make a change to your documents, any type of estate planning documents, don't do it at the kitchen table <laughs> with, you know, you're sitting around with your relatives and you all have decided to do something. So I don't know how these scenes go down. <laughs> Can you imagine how this goes down? Are they just sitting Probably at Probably just like game nights or holidays. They're like, this is a great idea. And they write yeah. it on a piece of paper. Like yeah. Most plans. <laughs> yeah. Where is that trust? Somebody see if you can find that trust. <laughs> Give me a piece of paper. Yeah. You wonder, or at the, mm-hmm. are they at a Denny's? I yeah. Mean, yeah. And I know in school, like even in high school, nobody talks about wills or trusts. So when you get out, you just think it's a piece of paper that you write yeah. down your wishes on. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there is that idea that that you know all you need to do is write it down and sign it. And we know from a lot of experience that that estate planning is fraught with fraud and mischief. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of rules to head that off now. Trust, granted, they don't have to be witnessed in the same way that a will does. A will, if you're missing a witness, depending on the state, you have to have some states require three witnesses, and they require everybody to be in the room at the same time. Uh, <laughs> so it's not enough for for you to have left the room. And there are actually there's transcripts from trials where someone has been questioned about where they sat. And where you sat, could you see this person sign? How could you see this person sign the paper where you're sitting? And so it it can become that technical about the rules of execution. So execution is a legal word. Execution refers to the very um, complex sort of rules about the way you sign a will for it to be valid. And we haven't mentioned the notary. The notary, too, has to be there to witness that as well as to witness the witnesses witnessing. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, good news is trusts don't have that level of requirement. But, but when you don't have notaries and you don't have witnesses and you have this suspicious-looking document, then, then a judge is entitled to, to have some distrust. And, and when you throw in it wasn't delivered, it'd be mm-hmm. different. If it were delivered, then while 
Lisa Marie's alive, we know that that she sort of ratified it because it was delivered while she's alive, and 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 anyone could have come to her and complained, and she could have said, "Oh no, I didn't mean that." Yes. So that that is a built-in check in a lot of ways with trust. With unlike wills, with trust, one of the things that you have going for it in litigation, the reason litigation is a little harder in trust. It's not like wills mm-hmm. where the person can't speak; they're dead, mm-hmm. and there's this argument about who said he said, she said. But with trust. Generally, they go in place immediately, unless a testamentary trust. Then mm-hmm. it's the same problem. It it doesn't come into existence except through the will. Mm-hmm. So, but but if you create a trust while you're alive, and you you kind of live with it, like a year goes by, ten years, fifteen. In this case, twenty years goes by. So the behavior of the parties are such that if the person is still alive who created it, they've ratified it because people have been operating under those rules with their consent. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen when you don't deliver this change. This change was made, wasn't delivered, wasn't implemented. So the um, lesson there is be sure, get your go to a lawyer. Please, just go to It sounds like I'm pushing legal business. I mean, some things I, you know, you learn. And, and in this case, I can tell you it's almost never a good idea to create a legal document at home, especially one that purports to change another document that you had in place that was prepared by a law firm. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's another lesson. <laughs> uh, I think that those are kind of the main points that we would, we would point to. Um, it's kind of sad. Lisa Marie was just 54. Yeah. Was that's... it is cancer? Um, it was cardiac arrest, actually. Wow. Yeah. But you know, she had that gene. Yes. Yeah. Because that's how Elvis died. Yeah. And he was, I think he's early 40s. Mm -hmm. I said 40s. I think he's early 40s. Yeah. So um, uh, at the time, I remember thinking he was old, but I was real young. (laughs) Yeah. I think everybody thought he died when he was older. And then we all grew up and we were like, oh, he was, he was quite young, which was just crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like, you know, it was like a ticking time bomb going mm-hmm. off. And um, she hadn't had any health problems that we know no, of. No, not that um, any that were reported, nothing like that. I think it was just sudden cardiac arrest, which is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. So um, this topic was pretty meaty. What are we at, 42 <laughs> minutes? Justin, are we on schedule? Perfect schedule. <laughs> he said that he had timed it just for this very minute. So... Um, we, we thought that this was, was something that would be of interest to you, but also would be a chance to talk about some, some, some opportunities to learn. Mm-hmm. So we hope that it's been that for you. Um, until next time, this has been another episode of Life's Third Act. Take care. You've been listening to Life's Third Act, a podcast for thriving in retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, your estate and elder law advisors. Each week, we discuss topics and answer questions to help you better plan for your future. For more information, visit TuckerAllen.com. Subscribe and listen again next week for another edition of Life's Third Act. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements.